Hosts, welcome to episode 145 of the Little Red Bandwagon, a podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Christy, and today I'm coming from the Too Hot to Live studios in Everett, Washington. And joining me is Anne, live from the Stick of Butter Studios. Hello, Anne. Hello, Christy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, other than hot. Well, you're freezing, yes, and I'm, I'm hot. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, today, I'm so grateful that Anne has allowed me to be on the second Friday show in a row. <laughs> As you all know, these are my favorite shows because I love talking to tens and discussing why they love TBTL as well. Today will be a great one because we have Naomi Hilliard on. Hello, Naomi. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, now, Ann and I are not stalkers like Mike, so we nope. haven't um, looked at your social media and read every single thing that you've ever written. So you're going to have to tell us a little bit about yourself. But first I have a question. Why have I never met you in person? You know, I feel like I get shy at events mm. and I hear you, sister. I, and me yeah. too. So that's a perfect storm of us not meeting. <laughs> okay. So shy, recognize shy, I guess. So I tend to just stick with the people I know and, or my 11 and just enjoy the proceedings that way. But I'm going to be more out there, I think going forward because Yodo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We need shirts that say Yodo. So will you be going to the picnic? I will be going and I have the last name that starts with H and that means I have to bring a dessert, but I'm playing around with the idea of just bringing a bunch of Fresca. Oh, that's a, you know, that's good because the only drinks that are usually there are wine that you purchase or things that people bring. And there's a, there's a big lack of other drinks. Don't you think? And they're always complaining about the dessert situation <laughs> as though too many desserts is the worst thing in the whole wide world. No, I don't yeah. want to contribute to that. <laughs> so I'm just going to hit up a sale of Fresca somewhere and it's really smart and bring that. Yeah. So is this your first picnic? Oh no, no. Oh, you've been, <laughs> I've been, I, I want to say, have we been doing it four years? I'm, I may have gone every year, but maybe skipped one. I don't know. See, this is getting ridiculous why I haven't met you. If you've been to every picnic. I know. I remember when you got engaged last year and I was like, damn, (laughs) right in front of everybody. Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I basically blacked out and then started getting hate text messages of why they had to find out on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, everyone was taking pictures. Oh, sure. And sure. posting it and tagging me. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to get in your face. Okay. Picnic. Please do. Please do. For sure. Um, and so you know that they put this set of rules up of what to bring, but no one ever listens. <laughs> or at least maybe that's just me. I feel like I usually follow the rules with those things, but this year I'm, I think, yeah, I'm just going to do Fresca. Like everybody likes it. Maybe it will be the less complaints this year. I don't know. Now you're not allowed to bring in other alcohol, right? So it's not like you can bring 
uh, of vodka in. So can you, you mix fresca with wine? Would that be totally gross? Well, you're not a, it's, you're I'll not let you know, to, Anne. <laughs> but people do. <laughs> you're not allowed to, but people do. Oh, you mean like in their flask or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time and only time I followed the rules, I had dessert and I brought jello shots. Oh, there you go. So that was a sneaky way to bring in alcohol. That's like half dessert. It is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to the picnic. I think it's going to be off the hook. I agree. That's why Anne should come, right? (laughs) (laughs) Priceline it. Just go into Priceline. See if you can get any last minute deals. Ah, I wish. I wish. Sometime you will come. I will. Okay. (laughs) All right, Naomi, tell us everything we need to know about you. Oh, my God. Um, Well, let's see. And you have two minutes. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, wait, wait. We have to ask the question for Mike first. Oh. Uh, Tell us about your pets. Do you have pets? Dogs, cats, rabbits? Because we know that's what he cares about. Okay. Okay, I do have a cat named Gwendolyn. She's black. And she is probably the best cat I've ever owned. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm like a cat person necessarily because mm-hmm. I've had dogs in the past. Um, but just right now I have a cat and um, I forgot to put her away. So hopefully we do not hear from her <laughs> during this podcast because she does have her jingle jingle collar on. We love surprise pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now you can tell us about your the rest of your family. <laughs> um, okay, well, I have two children. Um, they're nice, normal, beautiful children. Um, I uh, made those children with a nice husband, <laughs> and we actually record a podcast together. Um, I don't know if this would be a good time to bring yeah, that for up. Sure, for sure. Um, but my husband and I started a podcast a few months ago, and it's a fan podcast for the CBS Sunday morning show. So and wait, it's a show about a show? Who would do that? I, You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people, as it turns out. And we were partly inspired by you. We were inspired by some other podcasts that uh, do the same sort of thing. But nobody was doing it about CBS Sunday morning. Probably because it's a show whose target audience, the median age is 80 years old, (laughs) but we really enjoy it. And we have been watching it together the whole time, you know, we've known each other basically. And, uh, it's just something that we really love doing. And, you know, we hope to build a community around it. There are 6 million viewers of CBS Sunday morning. I don't know any of those people, <laughs> but we're hoping to build a community around that. And I, so it's a lot of fun. I love CBS Sunday morning. I watch it all the time, even before Luke was on it. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise when she started being on it. And uh, it was like a confluence of some of my favorite things coming together, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. So what's the name of your show? It's called The Sunday Morning Experience. It's a great not, name. Thank you. It's not to be confused with the uh, just Sunday Morning Experience. 
That's a different oh. kind of experience that you have on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. The first thing that we thought, so Jeremy was helping you a little bit or you were asking him some questions and he said, Oh, I think it's a church one <laughs> just oh. from the name. Oh. And he's like, oh, I don't know well, if it's I can listen. by Pastor Jason Mays. <laughs> yeah. And he has recorded like one and that's it. You should give up the name. I agree. I agree. We just had a hard time coming up with a name and we kept talking about the Sunday morning experience because we feel like there's a specific sort of vibe around that show. Mm-hmm. And we're always talking about the experience of watching it. So it just kind of stuck. And also you have to come up with a name rather quickly for right. iTunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what stuck. That's okay. I just subscribed to it. I meant to do it before when you announced it, but I forgot. So now <laughs> I'm going to check it out. Oh, thank you very much. You would be like, I don't know, maybe the 26th. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> I think, do you guys have a website? We do. It's just very simple, just a place to play it. I will probably develop it more as we get further in. We're only eight episodes in and, you know, there are times during the summer when there are a lot of repeats on Sunday mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. When we first started, I had the unfortunate experience of getting Bell's palsy and it was very no. hard to talk. So I sound very drunk in a lot of these early episodes. Um, I'm not, I just mm-hmm. can't move half of my face. Um, but that's all resolved now and oh, we're getting into good. the fall and there'll be, uh, all new segments, hopefully. And hopefully the segments that Luke has been talking about will be featured, um, coming up here. Um, you know, that he's talked about on TBTL and we'll kind of get into it more then. Yeah. They haven't, uh, aired the stagecoach one yet. Have they? No, no. Or the Santa one, which I'm sure they'll probably wait until Christmas around Christmas time for the Santa one. Oh yeah, the Santa one, also the race to Alaska. I and mean, the cup stacking. Luke, yeah. They have a lot to get through, I think. Um they do repeat like segments every every week pretty much, and I just think that that's more common in the summer. And then they had just a whole episode that was repeats. So mm-hmm. what do you, how do you guys handle that? Well, last week we went camping and we just decided we didn't need to record <laughs> yeah. a podcast. I like uh, it. You know, it's a free situation. So, right. Um, so maybe on your website, once you get it going and build it up, you should explain. Well, no, cause you said you have a media player on there, right? I was yes. just thinking about, you said the age, the average age is 80. And I just know that, I mean, people my own age can't figure out podcasts. So, um, (laughs) I can just imagine like grandma trying to do a podcast, but if you have the player there, that's good. That's why we have a website (laughs) because the idea of sending people to iTunes or, or other places, I just don't know that they're going to do that, you know? So I've been trying to engage with people on Twitter and I haven't really engaged on Twitter before. So I just feel like I'm harassing people (laughs) constantly. Um, so I'm going to try that again. I don't know how many elderly people are on Twitter, but (laughs) (laughs) um, another thing about you is you're a historian. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
I have not been doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm really not one. I did a week and it was great. I loved it. And then you sent me another week and it happens to be during, um, one of their fun drives. And, oh man, those are tough to get through, but I'm going to do it. I am resolved now to finish the week. I just want you to know that wasn't a passive aggressive way for me to shame you. (laughs) Oh no, I feel shame all on my own. Don't worry about that. You are definitely not even in the red on my list. And yes, I do have it color coded for people that are good and bad, but you are not even on my radar of bad. So Okay. Well, I will not lay awake at night thinking about how I need to get back at it. But seriously, they're, the TBTL-a-thons are no joke when you're trying to you know, do it. And I probably am taking too much time anyway uh, on each episode, but I don't know. What if I miss something, you know, the first time that they said Yodo, what if I miss that? Mm-hmm. You right. know? So That's true. I, I know the instructions say that you should do four to six sentences to describe the episode. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I have paragraphs in mind. Do you think I should update that? Because, you know, Jeremy wrote those instructions and you know how he has listened to about 10 episodes. <laughs> so do you think I should update that? Maybe a little. I don't know. Okay. It's probably better if people are brief. But <laughs> I I don't know. Are we really a brief people? Us tens? Doubtful. Doesn't seem well, like it. And Anne's able to find things for her clip shows when people aren't brief, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. at first time through, you wouldn't know that Yodo is awesome and that it comes up. Well, I mean, we would listening to past, but someone fresh listening to that might not know that that gets stuck in the lexicon. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I tend to go long on everything that I do. So <laughs> mm-hmm. long is better than not enough. That's for sure. Cause I've seen some that I'm like, I just want to put and say, this is about a C you can do better. <laughs> Everybody use your best judgment and we'll, we'll, if there's anything wrong, we'll fix it later. Yes. We'll fix it in post. (laughs) All right. So are you ready for your 10 interview? Yes. Okay. First, how did you find the show? Okay. I worked at Seattle City Hall with a woman named Laurel Humphrey, and she is an OG 10. Mm -hmm. And she told me, you should really get into this show I think you would like it. They just turned into a podcast. They used to be a radio show. And I was really glad to um, get the recommendation because I was always Excel spreadsheet deep into my work um, where I was. And I needed something to kind of get me through the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I started during that really dark time uh, where sometimes, you know, Luke would broadcast from a hotel room and he would be obviously hungover and he'd be <laughs> by himself. And I didn't really have the history going back to sort of appreciate uh, some of those episodes, but I, I plugged along 
And I would go back and listen to some old ones, just kind of spotty here and there. And, um, you know, just have never really missed an episode since. Okay. And do you know what your first episode was? I was looking back today and I think it must have been like at the beginning of October because it really rang a bell when they were talking about, um, I think it was like the first time they talked about Randy Quaid and his wife okay, and mm. how <laughs> crazy they were. And Randy Quaid had just been in Seattle um, at the Fifth Avenue Theater and he had walked off and yeah. was being a big brat. And so that... Just looking back, I think that was my first. But then, like I said, I think I went back and listened to some here and there, particularly if there was like a interview with somebody that I thought would be interesting. Um, and it's hard, but yeah. So I think that's about it. Okay. Now, what were they called? The Hollywood, the ones that were stalking Randy Quaid and his wife, the Hollywood Star Killers. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Star Whackers. Star yeah, Whackers. The Star Whackers. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my goodness. We oh. haven't really had a Randy Quaid update in a while. No, yeah, we need to. Well, he's probably. Is he still in Canada? I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think Luke said it before, but in that situation, the one you really feel for is Dennis Quaid. Right. Right. I have Randy as a brother. Oh, well, man. he's just super charming. He's always on the Ellen show doing mm-hmm. funny pranks. And so he just, every time a crazy thing comes out, he just needs to do something super charming. Mm-hmm. And then it, then we all forget. He's one year younger than my mom, but he's still on my list. Oh my gosh. What? He's a looker, right? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> wow. He's really keeping it tight. I have to say. Yeah. Huh. He's on your list. And what's who's on your list? It changes from time to time. I don't think I've ever made the definitive one. Yeah. I mean, isn't it that you only get five on the laminated list? No, because that would be if I had a partner and was in a right. long-term relationship. Exactly. That's I mean, what I used to say. When you're single, the world is your list. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> I know you just added Justin Trudeau last night. Yes, I did. It's less about oh, yeah. who's on your list and more about the length of the list when you're single. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who isn't on the list? That's what you should make the list be. Well, probably Randy Quaid, I'm thinking. Yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So which episode, if you can figure it out, turned you into a 10? Well, I've thought about this long and hard, and um, I, while I listened for a long time before the thousandth episode, I don't really think I considered myself a 10 until the thousandth episode, which was uh, live. It's the episode where Mike and Emily got married. Okay. And I was invited to go from Laurel Humphrey, the gal who introduced me to the show, and her sister, Monica. And we were in the front row. We drank the Kraken, uh, 
that was oh, poured that was from the lonely guys? forest. Yeah, yeah. I remember the... you guys. Yeah. I didn't, didn't um, Jen at one point yell at Monica? Well, Monica came on stage to play yeah. Jeopardy with um, oh. Ken Jennings. Okay. And at one point, Monica just looked at Jen. I don't mean to embarrass Monica, but I think she was a little teeny. Teeny. Yeah. And she said, I love you, Jen. <laughs> and it was so heartfelt and it was really, it was really lovely. Um, and then afterwards there was a lot of karaoke and mm-hmm. Jen came by and put her arm around me and we just swayed listening to whoever it was who was singing. <laughs> and I just felt like, wow, these are my people. Aww. Everybody is so nice. This impromptu wedding. Wow. Who does that? That's so cool. Yeah. And um, I just feel like I really turned into a 10 at that moment. Yeah, that was a really good, that was one of the best live events. I am I like what you said about how you didn't feel like you could call yourself a 10 until that point. Do you think that like it's a time thing? Like you, is there a certain time period after which you can call yourself a 10 or is it individual for everybody? I think it's an individual thing. I mean, I listened for a long time before I considered myself a 10, but you know, maybe I'm just not like a joiner you know, Mm. in, in other respects. Um, but I think just having that sort of face-to-face experience was kind of what did it for me. Um, it's not to say like, I wouldn't consider myself a 10 if I'd never gone to that, but it just really sealed the deal, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think I would say maybe once I started to get all the in jokes, you know, when everything wasn't yeah. a mystery, you know, why did they say this and what does this drop mean? When I sort of instinctively understood all of that, I would say that's when I was a 10. And, and I forgot your, your origin story, but did you start listening when it was podcast only? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because when, and, and were either of you guys stickam listeners? No, I thought about it, but I was at work and mostly when I would listen to it and, you know, I work for a government entity. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't want, you know, the city attorney coming in and seeing shenanigans on my screen. So I, I tended to not do that. That's probably a wise decision. Right. Right. I also did it at work and most of the times, uh, my boss was gone, like at lunch, but when it was a later day, I would just have one earbud in and I wouldn't participate in the chat. But I feel like that made people very close. I think that was around the first picnic or the second picnic, I think, when the Stens was going on. I think the first. Um, So have you had any TBTL appearances or had anything read on the show? Well, I sort of, yeah. I mean... This is kind of uh, a place where I'm a little hurt, let's say. Uh But um, when they were naming the Game of Thrones segment that they do, Mm -hmm. they came up with uh, suggestions based on listener suggestions. And I submitted Jones in for Thrones in. Which is the best one. Thank you. Totally, legitimately my favorite. Yes. And Luke was advocating for it. 
Okay. And so mm-hmm. I really thought, oh, damn, this is my time to shine. But then Andrew really liked this other one. Um, I don't even know what it's called. A Song of Ice and Spoilers, I suppose. Yes. That one is the second best. And anyway, they went with Jones and Fur Thrones. And so, but I still felt really good because they said it on air and Luke said my name. Mm-hmm. And I felt that was really nice. The other time I was on, I left a voicemail during last year's TBTL-a-thon because they were asking for listener submissions and about why you should contribute. And I had not contributed the prior year because um, I wasn't working and I just felt like, oh, I don't know if I should lay down money right now for this. I felt guilty the entire year, like legitimately guilty. So I called in and just basically told people to contribute so that they wouldn't feel guilty. (laughs) And they played that on air. (laughs) That's it though. No other, you know. Well, you drank the Kraken from the stage. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I did that too. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you'll make a bigger mark on this year's. I don't know. I don't know. My kid has sung karaoke at the picnic. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> um, was she him? She, 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 was she part of the frozen girls? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Those, they were adorable. Oh, yeah. So how many, so you went, you went to, uh, Mike's wedding and mm-hmm. what other, what other, um, things have you gone to besides the picnics? Um, I went to the 2000th episode and, Hmm. That might be it. Okay. Yeah. Not the book club? No, no. That looked cool, but I don't know. I just wanted, I mean, the more you go to, the more I'm kicking myself that I haven't met you yet. So (laughs) that's fine. Well, maybe when you see me, you'll be like, oh yeah, it's that, that chick. I don't know. The one who stole the Kraken. That's it. <laughs> I knew it was you. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. How about your favorite drops? Well, um, you know that one that's like, hello, from that guy who, oh God, what was it? Not too long ago, he did um, a video to try to get money for something that they were giving away for free. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> But he just comes on, he says, hello. So they've been playing that. Other people know what we're talking about. Um, we'll have and, to find it. Yeah. And then, uh, now that's interesting. Oh, I like that, <laughs> that one. <laughs> I think that one's funny because it's like used ironically, you know? Yes. yes. I oh, like it when God. they use it as a weapon against the other one. Yeah. Oh, man. I often, when people are telling their long drawn out stupid stories with no points i think now that's interesting i've even told jeremy we uh know someone very well that does that often and i want to have that drop and just play it on my phone every time oh it's so perfect it is um but like the reference i'm really enjoying lately is getting out of jams and (laughs) i find myself talking about jams constantly as are you guys i know that Yes. yes um so I think, uh, that reference just, oh God, it kills me every time. And the smaller the amount of money, the more hilarious it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, um, we've been house hunting and, uh, 
we went to this house that was listed as one and a half bathrooms and the homeowner was home, which is always awkward, but he decided to take his tall boy of beer out to the front yard and we could not find the half bathroom. And so the realtor calls him in like, Hey, can you show us where this? He goes, I knew you were going to ask this. The half bathroom was actually just a toilet in the garage. <gasps> no doors, no walls, nothing. And we were just like, Oh, and he could probably tell that we thought this was really super weird. And he goes, Hey, that toilet has gotten me out of a couple jams. <laughs> and I just started laughing and he's like, no, it really has gotten me out of some jams. <laughs> oh no. So is that the house that you have to get now? <laughs> we, I mean, we have to, right? <laughs> he had five gun safes in the house. Oh my gosh. And a toilet in the garage. So of course, of course we need to get that. Oh wow. Make sure that oh, you get wow. the gun safes with the house. Right. Yeah, we're writing up, writing it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the last question, why does TBTL matter to you? Well, I just enjoy listening to something, consuming something that's sort of made for me, you know? Mm. Um, it, we have similar sensibilities, uh, similar politics, and so, you know, we're similar age. So it's just so nice to consume something that's specifically designed for me. Whereas like other things like NPR, um, well, not CBS Sunday morning, but other, other network things, it's not really for me. It's like baby boomer stuff for baby boomers. So, you know, the guests that they have, the stuff that they talk about, it's all inherently very interesting to me. And I feel like spoiled a little bit to have that. Um, and then of course there's the community around it. You know, even if you're not a real forward person like I am, there's still a lot of, uh, community feelings that you can get, uh, through, you know, the, the Facebook pages and through the show and going to events. So it just, I don't know, just, I feel very lucky to have it. Mm-hmm. You know, my, one of my favorite parts of the show is the email segment. And I always get disappointed when they run out of time and they go, well, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll read these tomorrow because but they I never love will. the feedback. They no, they never go back, but I, I love listener yeah. feedback <laughs> and I, I love them discussing what people, um, people's responses are to the things that they've said. It's just mm-hmm. another part of the community atmosphere. I agree. It'd be kind of cool to get an eye into that sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. more than what they give us. Although maybe it would be really disappointing too. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I feel like that is what the message boards were like um, back in the radio days. And what I was kind of hoping for with the Stens page, because when we had it live on Stickam. It was instant. We were all riffing off what they were saying or giving them feedback. And if you guys remember, if you've gone back to listen to those episodes, they would say, oh, someone in the Stickam just answered our question. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mm-hmm. really like that instant back and forth that they have. It would kind of be cool if they could do something like that again and maybe have a third person that is kind of silent, but that just says, you know, you've heard those shows where they're like, well, the you know, the message boards say da da da, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that would, would kind be, of be cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I know that they were trying to do something like that after Stickham died. They were trying to find something, a new way to do that. That would be really cool to have it 
be like that. That would be cool because the way it is now, you know, people listen to it at such various times, mostly I think the next day, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's just not as immediate. I would love to just once get a peek at Andrew's email load. Like I don't necessarily need to read all his emails, but I'm just really curious at the volume of mail they receive. I'd like to know how much Andrew gets versus how much Luke gets. And just to, just to know, because I always got the idea that Jen sort of killed herself corresponding mm-hmm. with she people. answered every single one mm-hmm. which i think is probably overkill but i am curious just to see exactly what the traffic is i don't know i mean it probably was overkill but that was her full-time job like eight hours mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. they had and they were paid to do that so i could see and if it weren't for her doing that there wouldn't be the tense community that we have now true for sure i mean she was the reason that we are who we are now. Yeah. It is disappointing to send multiple emails and not get a response. Um, I am speaking from personal experience, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I guess, yeah, it must be because their, their load is too much. Mm -hmm. And the more, that's what I want to know. Yep. That's what I want to know. Is it a load issue or is it, just, uh, I'm not very good at answering emails. That's no, maybe that's mean to Andrew. That's fair for Luke, but yeah, Andrew's pretty conscientious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say I emailed Luke about a CBS Sunday morning, um, segment that he, um, was working on to see if he would come on my show. And he mm-hmm. said he would. And then, um, I never heard from him again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, did a follow-up email. I can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, I did a follow-up email and then, um, I haven't heard, but then again, it's like he was on vacation and CBS Sunday mornings kind of been spotty here and there too. So I just decided to let it go Mm -hmm. and, uh, it'll be fine either way. You know, his stories will probably always make it into my podcast because my inherent interest in what's going on in his life, you know, mm-hmm. um, unless he did a weird segment. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe this cup stacking segment won't make it in. <laughs> <clears throat> Depends on how interesting he makes it. Uh, what I would do is contact him when you know that his next thing is going to be on. Maybe like a big one, like the um, race to Alaska, because he had so much interest vested in that. And it was his idea that like right before, you know, they're going to do it, contact him and then record, try to record that week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try again. I just, you know, I don't want to be a pain. <laughs> right. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you start to get into the, a little bit of, um, stalker territory. <laughs> yeah. I never, ever, ever want to do that. And I have seen Luke and Andrew in the wild and, my husband will be like, go over there and say hi. And I'm like, no way. (laughs) No way. And he's the one like mouth agape looking at them. And it's like, no, can't do it. You should. I don't know, man. Just go up and say, Luke and Andrew, hello. I'm Naomi Hilliard. Um, Thank you for everything you do. And then Luke 
is very gracious and he'll probably remember every time he's ever talked to you and have some kind of tidbit and then just walk away. I mean, because think about it. What if someone, what what did you say? You have 20 regular listeners. What if someone saw you on the street and came up and said, oh my gosh, you're from that podcast. You would be so excited, right? Of course I would be. And I actually have more like 50. I didn't want (laughs) to seem like I was bragging before. (laughs) Oh, but it feels good. I mean, they have thousands of listeners and they've been doing it for a long time and this happened to them. But every time, especially those guys, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I did talk to Luke once and I, oh my God, this is such an embarrassing story. So (laughs) I found a Chateau Saint-Michel fake stained glass window and I, it's like, it was plastic with a plastic frame Mm -hmm. and I upcycled it to say, um, no mountain too tall, good luck to all on it. I like painted it on there and I brought it to the picnic and I gave it to him (gasps) I've seen a picture of it, right? There are pictures of it around. I don't know. He said, oh, I'll put this in my office. And I was like, really? Because it was pretty cheesy, you know? I just thought it would be kind of funny to bring. And uh, I have always wanted to know if he's been dragging that thing with him to Port Townsend, (laughs) you know, back over up to uh, the Bay City, you know? I just, (laughs) I can't imagine because it was kind of big. It was rather large and and pretty silly looking. Right. Or if it fits with Carrie's decorating scheme. <laughs> right. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it were me, I would, ha- I mean, cause he records in a room, right? I would just put all that kind of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he but have even- his room yet? Wasn't it going to be the pool house? I, th- I thought he did because doesn't he have the frame? He, f- Carrie framed a picture of the 2000th, episode picture of him and Andrew on the boat. Yeah. He's got his, his office set up. Okay. Well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be the first thing I ask him. Yeah. And I then know that he has the, um, he used to have the prom backdrop that was hanging in the old, um, Burbank studios, but I don't know where that went. Hmm. Well, the only thing to be done is that somebody's going to have to go up there and look. Oh yeah, I'm doing it. I'm on my way. <laughs> Cause that's not creepy at all. I'll just like look in, take pictures through the windows and then right. come back. And that, yeah. that won't be creepy at all. <laughs> no. Don't you have to like scale a concrete barrier oh, I'll now? Do I'll do it. <laughs> the people need to know. <laughs> All right, let's get to your clip. Um, This is from August 16th, 2010, and thanks to archivist Mikey Hughes. Do you want to tell us why this is your favorite segment or episode? Well, I really miss the dynamic between Jen, Luke, and Sean. Um, When the three of them are together, I feel like Luke and Jen, they don't exactly turn into parents of Sean. (laughs) maybe older siblings. Mm. And this segment uh, has them giving lots of advice to Sean um, and him acting on the advice. And I just, I find that really, I don't know, nice. Cause I have so many friends where we're beyond friends, we're family. 
And you could really tell that with this episode. And I love when they go out in the field and the fact that they're at Sean's house is Mm -hmm. uh, added bonus. Okay. So let's play this and then we'll come back in and talk about it. Okay. So um, another rule, uh, there will be no bringing girls back to the house. I know how you guys are. Actually, no, I, I don't see any reason why they can't bring girls back here to visit if they want. Uh, do you want to bring some girls home too, Doug? No. No, it's I don't fine. see any reason why they can't. Yeah, maybe I'll bring some girls home too. Just find some real authentic sluts and just turn this house into a whore home. Is that what you'd like, Doug? No, it's not, but... There will be no smoking, drinking, or drugs, no partying. We don't party. I know, that's for Doug. <clears throat> Struggled with um, addiction. Okay, number eight. You must not leave the house. Um, well, never. TBTM. I may never leave this house because it is so comfortable and well-appointed. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a uh, Monday afternoon edition of TBTL. This is the show that's probably too beautiful to live. It is co- political correctness run amok. Uh, it's just right on the edge of being too beautiful to live on this Monday because uh, we are coming to you live from uh, the home of Japan's number one mixer, uh, Mr. Sean DeTore. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband because they're raping everybody out here. My name is Luke Burbank. This is episode uh, 622 in a collector's series. Uh, let's get him uh, on the uh, line right now because we are squatting at his place. Uh, Sean DeTore, welcome to the program today. Thank you, Luke. How uh, are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Look, I'm just laying I'm laying in bed you while really doing are. the show. Look at me. You really are. Um, I've never been able to do this before. Are you uh, really surprised that this is kind of working? I'm really surprised, and I'm amazed by all the uh, sort of components you have put together to make this thing kind of run. Yeah, we need a... Um a photo of this, don't we? Yeah, you've got two computers, a mixer, your iPhone, two mics, a turntable. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. know why. By the way, when I showed up, well, let's let's uh, let's get Jen Flash Andrews in here. Too. I love Jesus, but I drink a little. Uh, on the line from uh, Moab, Utah. Hello, Flash. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, I just want to tell you, Jen, when I showed up today, Sean, for reasons I still don't understand, was um, playing uh, the Miami Vice soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> Smuggler's Blues, baby. It was just a weird thing because I walked in and <laughs> Smuggler's Blues was on the turns. I didn't know if he was trying to tell me something. I didn't know. Why Why did you choose Miami Vice this morning to be the uh, the music for our uh, setting up of the uh, equipment? Well, I chose it because I bought it just yesterday at the Fremont Market for $2. I talked the dude down from 3 uh, and my dad used to listen to that soundtrack on cassette when I was a kid, and uh, I bought it yesterday, so I haven't listened to it yet, so that was kind of my reasoning, and uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant soundtrack. You forget how many good songs are on there. It's uh, In the Air Tonight, the Phil Collins song. Yeah. Smuggler's Blues. I assume the Yon Hammer. That's the first cut. Yeah, the first cut, which is the deepest. And then and then Glenn Fry has a track, not only Smuggler's Blues, but then uh, Shoot. It's that other really, really great one that I can't think of the title right now. Um, Jen, I'm I, I uh, I'm happy to report that Sean's apartment is is actually adorable. 
It looks very. It, I saw it on the on the website. It looks very nice. We're very not, cleaned up. And actually, we're in the bedroom. Um, we're not even in the uh, uh, the uh, the living room area, which I think is even more well appointed. He's got this awesome couch that you found on the street. Yeah, it was outside of a house. They were giving it away, and uh, uh, the dude actually was nice enough to uh, help me bring it back here in his truck. He's like, "You don't live very far away. I'll help you with uh, with the couch." It was awesome. So that couch is kind of a cool uh, little print, and it fits perfectly in your uh, in your living room. And yeah. then kind of a seventies vibe. Yeah, you've got different kinds of art on top of your uh, television. You've got a human centipede. Um, uh, what would you call it? Skull- statue? As art piece? An art piece, a statue, yes. A memorance. A memorance? That's not a word. No, that isn't a word. <laughs> memorance is not a word. Um, is- the thing that I'm always worried about at Sean's place is I always worry that it's going to look um, – too crowded because he doesn't throw stuff away and he's kind of a collector. But every time I go, it doesn't. So I can't quite figure out where you're putting all of the stuff that you're always collecting. Maybe in the closet that you suggested I should uh. because it makes my room look <laughs> dirty. Um, no. no, there's two things I think make a house look messy. Not dirty, okay. but messy. One is open cupboards or closets, and the other is an unmade bed. I think those are like very easy things that immediately make your house look more put together. Well, Sean's bed is made in that he doesn't have any blankets or a sheet. I have one sheet. So that's kind of in a ball in the back. But actually, You're sitting on a bare mattress? No, there's a... But there's a sheet. There's a cover sheet. There's a sheet on the mattress. But I don't have like a blanket. Uh, there's not a blank, a traditional blanket yeah. as, as you would think of one being uh, made of fabric okay. and existing. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a couple pillows. I have three pillows. He has three. He, has, he's, he, he blew his money on pillows. <laughs> didn't have money for a – didn't have blanket money after no. that. Uh, and then some of the other things that are interesting here in, in Sean's room – uh, there's a chin-up bar, one of those ones that sort of hangs from your door, yeah. over the door jam yeah. thing. I, I'm up to 21 pull-ups. No way. Are you serious? Not in a row, wow. but like a 10 and then like hopefully an 11 increments. That's impressive. Maybe oh, my later, gosh. Maybe later we'll have you do chin-ups on the, uh, on the webcam. I would people. love to. And then also there's the giant pencil that you used for the Thunderdome. <laughs> right. Um, uh, uh, battle training. And then this is maybe the most surprising piece. I'll hold this up to the webcam for people that are watching this at tbtl.net. By the way, if you're watching this at tbtl.net, I'd like to apologize uh, for everything that's happened so far on this broadcast and everything that will happen in the future. Uh, I'm holding up uh, to the uh, webcast uh, uh, camera uh, the Century really big universal remote. This is one of those remote controls that they get for really old people. It's the size of a laptop. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> Why do you have this, Sean? Are you legally blind? Have you been? Have you just been <laughs> and not it's really telling dusty, us? Dusty too. Um, no, I bought it. I think I bought it at like a grocery outlet or a dollar store. <laughs> That's where I get all my remotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it looks. Just, uh, look at it. It's it's a big remote. Anything you can have that's bigger than it should be, like a pencil, a remote, an ego, whatever you have that's bigger than it should be, is always awesome. Um, have you ever used this really big remote? Yes, I used to use it at my old place. Rest in peace. And uh, well, the house didn't die. No, no, it didn't. You mean uh, you remember it fondly? Though. I do. Gotcha. Uh, so it works. It's a, it's a nice it's a nice remote. Uh, this is um, this is almost as large as a television. That's I, what I find so interesting. It's like you could just put the TV 
on the coffee table and just reach it with your hand. <laughs> right. When you get into a remote control that's the size of the device, it's supposed to be controlling. Well, what you need is a smaller remote that controls this remote. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, you won't lose it. I mean, look at the size of those buttons. No, you won't. Um, uh, and then, uh, let's see, I'm just kind of doing a quick uh, tour of the rest of the, uh, the place here. Um, I have to say, Sean, it is, uh, it is actually really darling. It's actually pretty big. Yeah, I was surprised by the size too. Um, and That's what she said. Hey, oh, uh, did you clean it up extra special for me? Or it's because it's fairly clean right now. Is this the normal state of affairs at your house? Yeah, yeah. You've walked into the normal state of affairs. Um, I didn't clean much. I cleaned up the countertop in the uh, in the kitchen before you came over. There was a few glasses. I put them in the dishwasher. Um, and yeah, this is pretty much it. Did you have? Um, I heard you said you had a run-in last night with your neighbor. The one drawback of this apartment is that the walls are very thin. Yeah, they're very thin. And granted, you know, it was probably like three or something in the morning, and my friend and I were just here hanging out, you know, just kind of talking, playing some music. It wasn't excessively loud. Yeah. But because the walls are, you know, a little bit thinner than uh, a normal wall should be, people can sort of hear things. And so I got a knock on the door. I was expecting my other neighbor who's come over before. Uh, the sex neighbor? No. No, the sex neighbor uh, hasn't come over before. Okay. Uh, but it was the other neighbor that has come over that lives uh, adjacent on my right. But so I got the girl from upstairs who I'd never met before. And uh, she was asking me pretty much to, like, turn my music off completely. And granted, I was a little bit loaded. Uh so the conversation probably could have went a little bit better. So she came downstairs at what time in the morning? Probably like three or four in the morning. Oh, well, that's all. I mean, what was her problem? That she was hearing, like, music and or talking. Yeah, no, I was being sarcastic. Her problem was that it was freaking three oh. in the morning. That's when people sleep. I know, and I feel like, I feel like an asshole, but, like, I, I'm not going to turn my music off completely. You know, like, I'll turn it down. But I don't want to be that neighbor. I don't want to be that asshole neighbor, and I think I'm slowly turning into that guy uh, unknowingly. And I even said to her, I was like, I'm trying to learn, you know, from just moving in, I'm trying to learn, like, the uh, the nuances of the building and, like, learn how loud things can be. Uh, so did she you... She left pissed off. She was like, screw you, and walked up She the said, screw you? Something like that. So yeah. things are, you know, still kind of at a, um, at a sensitive point between the two of you. You did not solve this issue. No. Did you turn your music down at all? I did. I turned my music down. Uh, I didn't turn it off because I even said to her, I was like, I will turn it down, but I will not turn it off. Uh, How old is this lady? Probably my age, like 30, probably, something like that. Were you playing some kind of ungodly electronica that's all bass? At one point. <laughs> at one point. But, you know, then I moved on to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and I mean, that cannot get loud. Um, you, uh, I would just say... That at three in the morning, it's just time to put the headphones on. You and your friends could just put on, have a headphone party. Like, and not have any music at all? Well, not have any music being broadcast, but have it going into your headphones or something. Yeah, and that just, I guess, you know, living in a building where the walls are thin, I suppose that's something that maybe, maybe I should do. I don't know. Jen, do you have a thought on this about, uh, do you... I feel like, based on Sean's telling of events, I think probably he was slightly in the wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I I think that uh, for every person out there who's listening to this who has to get up at whatever, 6 o'clock in the morning to go to work, they're probably wincing 
because that's kind of a nightmare when you know you have to get up in the morning and somebody in the building is playing music. Right. It also makes you, as the person who's trying to sleep, into a total crazy person. You remember that Woody Woodpecker cartoon where there was the walrus and he goes trying to sleep and Woody Woodpecker kept making noise and the walrus dude kept just getting increasingly insane? That is a, actually based on a true story of a walrus that was once <laughs> had to work really early <laughs> right? and was kept up by Woody Woodpecker. No, that's like th- – there's nothing that makes a person more crazy than when you need to sleep and someone is making noise. It's why our neighbors moved into their basement. It's like it's, – I mean it, I feel like even if it's illogical – now here's the one Here's the one time I would get your back on this, Sean. If it's the middle of the day, if it's like a Saturday or Sunday or any other middle of the day normal time and you're just like playing your music and enjoying yourself, that seems like you're right even if it's a little distracting to them. But if it's like 3 or 4 in the morning and you're playing the drum and bass – uh, that might be something that's going to make you know uh, make for bad relations with your neighbor. Yeah, I, I can see. I, the other exception. That, yeah. The other exception I would also say is that you know if you know if if twice a year you throw a party and you go and let them know the people you share share common walls with. If you go and let them know beforehand, hey, I'm having this party. You're totally welcome to come by, and you give them a six pack of beer. I always think that that kind of gives you license. If it's a couple times a year and you've warned people and you've given them some beer. Then I think you can also play play music into the night. I think that's another way to get you're, to do that. But you're 100% on just a random right. Sunday night, I think that's probably a little bit ill advised. And let's yeah. call it what it was: Monday morning. Yeah, <laughs> and I see. I totally. I'm agreeing where you guys are coming from. And I also feel like, I mean, I'm going to say I feel like my rights are being taken away. But it's. I'm also trying to respect the other people. Should I knock on her door and, and apologize? Because I was a little drunk, so I don't exactly. I could have probably been a better uh, neighbor with the talking and explaining of things and everything. Because you but, were just your big thing was you. You could not. You could not uh, live in a world in which you could not have any music on. No. You were like, I will turn it down, but I will not turn it off. Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> well, uh, um, I think maybe just a note saying, "Hey, sorry about you know bothering you last night. I'll really work on that." I think that would be a good a feel, good idea. I think talking better than a note, but you think that oh okay or talking, but you think that but I should not definitely... when you're drunk. No, but, but you, you can write the note if you're drunk. Okay, it'll be sloppy, but <laughs> but you think that I should say something just to be a nice neighbor and be like, hey, I know that this is an issue and I'm concerned. I would just clear the air because the other thing that will happen is she will give you the benefit of the doubt in the future if you guys are on good terms, but if you're on bad terms. She's just going to find every reason to. She's going to leave bags of poop at my door and light it on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I actually left one too. So one of those is from me. Okay. <laughs> but not both of them. Um, one other thing. Uh, by the way, if uh, if if somehow you're joining this uh, uh, broadcast midstream, um, uh, we are coming to you live from the home of Mr. Shondatori, Japan's number one mixer. Uh, another thing that I want to hold up to the uh, webcam here is. The um, which will be of zero interest to any of you who are uh, uh, listening to this later as a uh, as a podcast. This is the schematic that I made of the audio setup for today, and it is um, it is like a beautiful mind, I would say, of audio. It is. <laughs> I, I'm the John Nash of trying to figure out. See, these are the. This is going to be really boring, but I'm going to tell people anyway because I'm proud that this is working in any fashion at all. Um, I have this little tiny mixing board here, and what the challenges are, we have Jen on Skype from Moab, Utah, but Jen has to be able to hear us through these microphones, and then 
Uh, we have to be able to play music off of my iPhone, which during the pregame warm-up, Vanessa totally called me on and then interrupted the music for everyone. <laughs> Come on. That's Bush League. Uh, and then we have to beam it all over to a different computer uh, that is uh, recording this whole show and then sending out the uh, 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 web stream through, uh, through Ustream, the, the web video broadcast of this whole thing. So there are a lot of ins, a lot of outs, as they say in the Big Lebowski. And the fact that it's – I know there's a little hiss in the line. I apologize for that. But the fact that this is even happening – That's just my pet snake. It makes me – yeah, that's right. Oh, and I forgot to tell you about Sean's pet snake. <laughs> What's his name? Fangs? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Jen, sorry that we've spent so much time uh, talking about Sean's um, dissolving relationship with his neighbors. Let's <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about uh, a uh, a blog post that you put up today, um, wherein you detailed a hike that you took in Moab. Where from the photos, it looked like you had really a, a near death experience. Essentially, is that am I overstating it? Uh, no, absolutely not. It was. Um it wasn't that it was so long. I think it was two miles in, two miles back, but it was um, very steep, and it was what's called primitive trail in hiking terminology, which I did not know until we got there, which means that it's not actually, for the most part, it's not trail. You're just, like, walking up, like, rock, like very steep 300-yard rock walls, and I don't mean you're scaling them like Spider-Man, but they're just very steep, so it's, like, a really steep uphill climb. That sounds um, like something that would be borderline impossible for you to pull off based on what I know about you and your outdoor skills. It was. It was really difficult. What happened is at 5.45 in the morning, Jason woke me up and said, um, let's go on a hike. And I got up, and I was trying to think of what to wear on a hike, and I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. I had a pair of yoga pants, but they were dirty. And you know how at 5.45 in the morning, you can't even – your mind isn't being clear – and so I just put on a pair of skinny jeans and some shoes <laughs> and headed out. And so that was the other problem is that sweat was just like trickling down my legs and my tight, tight jeans the whole walk. And, and basically I was surrounded just pulling, by... up, pulling up around your midsection, I guess, because it, it couldn't escape down your jean leg like it should normally right. do. Right. It was, just, it was just sweaty and hot and I was panting and I always think that's really embarrassing because I feel like everyone around you knows that you're not in good shape when (laughs) you're kind of wheezing a little bit and you have a real tightness in your chest like your lungs are collapsing and so I didn't I told Jason not to talk to me because I didn't want to have to talk back because that would be a dead giveaway that I was in um, respiratory distress yes yes that was a and and then a good cover story (laughs) So we're walking along, and we're about an hour in, and I finally threw up my hands and said, how is anyone even supposed to know where the trail is? Jason looked at me, and he said, these little rock piles that look like cairns, they're the trail markers. There's been one, like, every hundred feet for the whole time. Uh, and I had thought that they were actual, like, from the Pueblo people. Right. <laughs> like, like they 700 were, years ago. That was where, you know, someone had, had died trying to climb up yeah. one of those rock faces, and they had put up a little, like, some kind of a memorial for them. Yeah, it had never occurred to me that those piles were put there by um, rangers. I thought that they'd been there for like 700 to 1,000 years, and I was just carefully kind of moving around them. So then the other problem was that there were um, Europeans, as I've mentioned. Moab is, Arches National Park is filled with Europeans, and they were all around us with their little kids, and their little kids were seeming to have no problem scaling this rock wall. And I'm thinking they've probably been smoking since they were three. They drink. I'm not letting these six-year-olds 
beat me up this hill. So I, I overexerted trying to beat the, the, chil- the European children. Mm. That's, a, that's a, you know, a rookie mistake. And when European children make fun of you, it's just it's so hurtful because they wear those like they're wearing lederhosen and they have blonde hair. <laughs> they're Uder yeah. from The Simpsons and they're going, oh, that was funny. Hello, that woman is panting in her tight pants. <laughs> exactly how I felt. So, um, and you know, I, I the whole time I was climbing it through, I was thinking, you know, this is why I, this is why I stay away from the H's. But then I could only think of hiking and hugging. <laughs> and so then I started trying to think of other H's I stay away from. So then I was like, and heroin and hillbillies, and I was just like, like yelling out letters that start, I mean, words that started with H, you know, in a panting kind of manner. I so love how committed I, I you were. That I was smooth and graceful. I love how committed you were to the alliteration. Like you were like <laughs> I, you know, you're just gonna. And there's things you like that you're gonna have to start. Like heaven, I don't do heaven just because now <laughs> you have to support that thing you came up with. It was like I don't do H's because it, you and me are the same flash. Like right when you thought of that, like I stay away from the H's. I bet you immediately imagined yourself telling that to someone in like five years yeah. at a bar. And this, it, yeah. and that person just being like, "Oh my god, I never thought of that." So it's like you had this idea, you were so proud of it, and then you had to actually construct the idea, whether or not it even worked. Yes. So I basically spent the rest of the hike kind of working out my bit, <laughs> which actually did kind of distract me from the burning in my legs and lungs. At any moment, did you think that you were in uh, the movie Jerry? Do you know about this? No. It's a Gus Van Sant movie. It's got um, Casey Affleck. And um, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, Matt Damon in it. And they it's sort of loosely based on those two guys that were uh, – they were like best friends and they went hiking in the uh, wilderness. But not really that much of the wilderness of De- Death Valley. And they basically got like a mile off the trail and then they went crazy and one of them killed the other one. This all in the course of like two hours. Wow. I should have watched that before I went because that's exactly how it felt at several moments. Yeah, you really um, – uh, you really dodged a bullet, the fact that Jason didn't murder you at some point on the hike. Exactly. Are, are you, so for the record, are you, are you happy or sad that you did this? I mean, you know, it's a life experience now, but, but would you rather you hadn't gone on this hike? No, I'm really happy that I went on it. It really was, it was really worth it when I got there. You come around this corner and this, and Jason had timed it so like the sun was coming up and the delicate arch was, it's amazing because it's this freestanding rock arch, you know, that's, amazing so i am really glad that i did it i wish that i had done it with more panache Mm -hmm. i i would like to take away the burning lungs the heavy panting the dorky outfit Uh, there was my hair was just sticking out everywhere i mean i did not i didn't do it in the way that um i imagined it in my mind the Mm -hmm. day before when i said yeah that sounds great Mm -hmm. Uh, i like the photo of you that's up at tbtl.net where you're just lying in like a heap on the ground. Now, did you pose for that, or were you just lying in a heap and Jason had to come up and take a picture of you? I don't know which one is worse, by the way. <laughs> well, what happened is I came around the corner, and there was the delicate arch, and I said, oh, it's so beautiful, and then I just laid down. <laughs> and then when he came around the corner, that's how he found me. <laughs> nice. That's I nice. said, I'm just taking a minute. Well, I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you survived it. Um, somebody on the website was mad because you said uh, something about Nam. And then they wrote, "Yeah, if you only people that served in Vietnam are allowed to use the term Nam, which I was, I thought was kind of strange." I know. I wonder if people who live there can use it. People who visited, no, nope. who know about it. Only I don't know. Only Chuck Norris and other people who've been <laughs> there. 
can uh, can say. As soon as I saw that comment, I was like, "Dude, I saw First Blood. <laughs> I know about Nam." Speaking of Nam or Nam, uh, it, it, well, not really. But speaking of uh, Rambo, uh, ha- have you guys seen Son of Rambo? Have you heard about this movie? No. I've heard about it. I really want to see it. I heard it's so amazing. It's in the new film. Uh, no, it's a couple years old. I think it's British. It's about these two kids, and they decide to try to shoot their own version of um, the Rambo movie, First Blood. Cool. Because one of the kids sort of doesn't have a dad, and, and he kind of gets fixated with the idea that he, Rambo is his dad. He doesn't actually think Rambo is his dad, but it gives him kind of a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. And so the th- plot of the movie is he has to go find and free Rambo, I think. Right. But the movie's called Son of Rambo. It's incredibly cute i would be i would i would warn you if you are in a relationship and one person in the relationship let's just say probably the lady if their womb is stirring already <laughs> if you are in a situation where children are being uh, discussed the possibility of children being discussed this is not the movie for you to see because it will it will it's like pouring gasoline on that fire cuz these are the cutest kids you've ever seen and you immediately if you're inclined towards that would think i must have them is it a shot-for-shot adaptation? No, it's not at all. And, and, and only part of it – only part of the movie is the movie that they make. Okay. Most of it's just about them making the movie. But okay. anyway, it's super-duper uh, cute. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's uh, jump quickly over to our top story. Hello and welcome to Top Story. Uh, I think it was maybe yesterday afternoon uh, it started – and it has not yet abated, and, and I mean the wave of emails, the wave of emails that I have received uh, regarding the events of the gathering of the Juggalos over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and, and the, you know just when you thought that it couldn't get more surreal with them, somehow... Uh, Psychopathic, straight, dirty clown, love, straight, dirty clown. It somehow takes a, a turn for the even more bizarre... Uh, Apparently, Tila Tequila was attacked at the gathering of the Juggalos over the weekend. There are even allegations that rocks and feces were thrown at her. This is um, uh, CBS uh, and the Associated Press reporting. Tila Tequila is ready to go to court over what she calls the disgusting behavior of the crowd at an outdoor insane clown posse festival. Officials say the reality TV actress complained that audience members pelted her with stones and feces um, during the gathering. And then I love I love it when real news organizations have to cover the Juggalos because there's so much trying to explain who the heck they are. For us, it's just like a given. It's like saying yeah. a, you know, like a I don't know. A, it's like saying a, a, a Spanish person or something. It's like everyone knows what it is, right? Uh, uh, Hardin County Sheriff Tom Cener uh, told uh, the CBS affiliate there that uh, Tila Tequila says when she took the stage to start singing, the crowd started throwing feces from the portable toilets at her. The sheriff uh, says they also allegedly threw bottles, uh, or rather balloons, full of urine and bottles at her. She suffered scrapes and bruises but was not seriously hurt. Uh, Tequila tweets that she's contacted her lawyer, and she adds, quote, pretty soon the owners who run the Juggalos will be bankrupt. <laughs> I don't know if she really understands. Can you own people in this country? N- not anymore. At one point, yeah. Not, not legally. I, as I understand it, that's, that's no longer... Uh, allowed. I feel like there's an amendment that actually deals with that. Something. Um, and then I love the last line of the story, the insane clown posse could not be reached for comment. Um, <laughs> so uh, this has been emailed to me probably a uh, hundred times. 
yesterday and today because it, it, it brings together many things that we love in the world or at least are fascinated with. The Juggalos being the top of that list and then I guess Tila Tequila and then The Gathering. We're not that interested in Tila Tequila but it is sort of an amazing convergence of of um, of, of of people who I think should somehow kind of per- belong together perfectly but also should never ever be together because this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. You know what I'm amazed by? I'm amazed by people that pick up shit. <laughs> like who touches poo and throws it? Like that is See, disgusting. I don't think that happened. I, anytime I see that in a story that people were throwing feces, I, that always makes me say, I bet that didn't happen. That's apocryphal. I, 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 I have a feeling that she was upset, and, and they were throwing stuff at me, and she was like, and, and bottles, and rocks, and tomatoes, and, and what's worse than that? And poo. <laughs> you know? It would not... You get caught up in your story, and, and, and pretty soon people are throwing poo. Let's, well, I mean, th- these are the things. First of all, Tila Tequila uh, has a, a long history of whenever... She is feeling, I think, a little bit ignored. She usually manufactures or at least allows some kind of crazy thing to happen that always involves pictures of her that she's, uh, you know, putting on her Flickr account or tweeting out to people. And it's it's always like, you know, she's cutting on herself, uh, pretend committing suicide, getting maybe uh, beaten up by her uh, ex-boyfriend. You know, she's always she's always sort of doing this stuff as a way, I think, of getting uh, attention. Um, also... Who thought it was a good idea to have Tila Tequila perform at the gathering of the Juggalos? That, to me, I mean, is there uh, – we talk about Venn diagrams a lot on this show. Is there any overlap in that Venn diagram at all? I can't think of someone who would be less well-suited. No. Yeah. I mean, isn't that a terrible idea, Flash? I, I can't – I cannot possibly imagine. I wonder what she was singing. <laughs> Magic and miracles. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, such a horrible pairing, the two of them. Uh, I mean, the, the the gathering and the Tila Tequila. I just don't. I mean, is it basically like for the jug for for the ICP or for whoever officially produces this thing? Because also they'll just have like Ice Cube, and then Tila Tequila, and then helicopters, and then pitchforks, and then like anyone <laughs> just like random kind of just ran, It's like a random. Sort of gathering of of also not like not all of the quote unquote famous people there are even sort of people who the Juggalos like at all. It'll be like and also starring Stephen, Abe, Stephen Hawking, yeah, Abe Vigoda from <laughs> Barney Miller, and also well, they um, definitely yeah they don't mind things that are obviously going to be train wrecks. Like I think they I think they get off on it and they're actually looking for things that are going to. Um, be a disaster because that's a lot of their whole vibe is teetering on disaster. And so there was probably some sense of let's put her up there and see what happens. Oh my gosh. That, um, that, that would be so diabolical of Shaggy two dope and violent J and their, and their cohort (laughs) to have actually figured, you know what? There's a good chance that these people are going to throw bottles and balloons of urine at Tila and that she's then going to try to sue us. And then it's going to actually make, the news the next day and kind of make the gathering of the juggalos, you know, put it on the map again or, or keep it on the map. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I, the thing we forget about them is they're brilliant. I think on some level they might be like uh, in a very kind of, uh, you know, obviously unschooled way. They're not formally educated, it would seem, in any way. But but like like they don't, you know, they don't read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. 
They're not really like – you know what I mean? But they just somehow inherently know how to do this kind of stuff. They know how to make a spectacle. Right. They know how to write a song like Magic and Miracles that's so so idiotic that it that it is, is kind of brilliant. Like maybe, maybe, maybe this is further proof, Jen, that they are actually g- wicked geniuses. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, anyway, we wish them all the best and um, – Sad to hear that the gathering of the Juggalos will be shut down next year because the owners of the Juggalos will have been sued for all their work. <laughs> you know, and like, what, what, just lastly here, what was the pitch? What was the sales pitch to Tila Tequila to get her out there? Because again, clearly she has a very limited understanding of um, what Juggalos are. Like, did they just say there's a? They must have just said there's an outdoor music festival in Illinois. It's going to pay you thirty thousand dollars. You should come, and there'll be clowns. Oh, I love clowns. I is think it a birthday? Her, I think her career her career plan is exactly like Luke Wilson. She just goes to whoever hires her. That's your that's that's such an insult to Luke Wilson. I'm gonna call him. <laughs> we have a phone book. Everyone invite him Luke. down, I'm sure he'll come. Everybody who everybody named Luke, we have a Rolodex that, that has all of our names on it. I'm gonna call him because um but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right about that. Like like she she probably just somebody said, "Here's a you know, here's a check. Um, uh, yeah. You should show up there and sing." And you know, they they had to know the whole time that this was going to end in some kind of a like, either the, uh, some kind of a riot, either everyone rushing the stage or her like you know trying to commit suicide on stage. Like you just, they had to yeah. know that this was going to end in in total chaos, right? Of course, because she is everything that they're not, and so it was just a set-up disaster. And and to what extent Tila was in on it, who knows? Because she loves a little bit of set-up disaster herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I hope uh, you guys all got a chance to go to this year's gathering because it is apparently the last one. Um, uh, I got an email here from Bruce and Lake. We're gonna have to start a whole new movement of let my juggalos go now that we know <laughs> that they have owners. I know. I mean, I I be be honest with you. I kind of um, I had a dim view of Juggalos before this, but now that I realize they're slaves, <laughs> they're basically just. I mean, they're reacting to being owned by another human. No wonder they behave in the exactly. bizarre manner that they do. I, I misjudged them, and I'm sorry, Juggalos. I apologize. Um, I've got this uh, email right in front of me from a listener, Bruce in Lake Stevens. He says, "Hey, Luke, I was just thinking about possible segments for TBTL Run Amok." And he came up with a segment called Let's See What's in Sean's Fridge. Uh, he says he's imagining it's something like the inside of the fridge from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, if you report that he has <laughs> Cherry and Globy, also he will officially be my hero. So what I thought was uh, we're going to play a little uh, music here. And then uh, while we're doing that, we're gonna run, I'm going to run into the other room and look in Sean's fridge. Okay. And then I'm going to come back when the music's done and report to you guys what I saw in there. Uh, and then after that, we're going. This to- is like going back to your NPR reporter roots. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> it's very much like that. Uh, this is I'm using. I'm using <laughs> Even the skills all all four years of my my mass communications degree that I earned <laughs> at the University of Washington. Um, so I'm going to run in the other room and do that, and then when we come back, uh, we'll also hear about a book review that uh, yet another book review that's been troubling Jen and uh, Jen's growing concern for uh, uh, the pride of Hibbing, Minnesota, Bob Dylan. Uh, that will all be coming up in uh, just one moment. Uh, first, though, this uh, music for you, um, in honor of the fact, or honoring the fact that we are at Sean's uh, house, uh, broadcasting live today from the Tory Mansion. Uh, I thought we'd play you a little uh, 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 Phantom Planet covering 
Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Really? Yeah, this is uh, our house. Awesome. Back with more TBTL in just one moment. Uh, that's a little bit of uh, Phantom Planet doing uh, a, a Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young cover. Uh, our house. This is in honor of the fact that we are uh, broadcasting uh, live from uh, Sean's uh, apartment here in uh, the Ballard neighborhood of uh, Seattle. The, I know that the uh, audio quality of this program is uh, not quite up to the usual standards, um, uh, but uh, hopefully it's, uh, you know, you guys are putting up with it because it's such a fun adventure to be here in this new place. We've also got Jen Flash Andrews on the line from uh, Moab, Utah. Are you still with us, Jennifer? Yes, I am. Okay, beautiful. We have been um, uh, playing a game of um, what's in Strong's refrigerator. Uh, I ran over there. By the way, I just want to uh, – I, I always joke about like if someone's listening to the broadcast midstream because like with radio shows, with real radio shows – 
you could just tune in at any point, but our show is different because it is just a podcast. And so if you're hearing me, you've probably listened from the very beginning and you know what's going on. Having said that, every once in a while, somebody does get confused. Uh, I just got an email from somebody who said, uh, I know this has been said like 100 times before, but seriously, a webcam in your bedroom? I know that you like to be open and honest for the show, but some things are way too much information. I'm sure you have covered this in a previous podcast, and I will learn the reason sometime this week when I get to it, so I apologize in advance. By the way, Son of Rambo was a cute movie, but you forgot the oppressive religious austerity that served as a motivator for one of the boys. Also, don't forget about the French kid in the movie. That was depressing. And then it signed Secret 10. If you need the money that badly, I will gladly donate again to TBTL. Wow. I don't understand. There are, are like five things in that email I don't understand. <laughs> okay, so so Secret 10. First of all, yes, we will reaccept your donation. Large bills, <laughs> large unmarked bills, please. Second of all, um, we're in Sean's bedroom because this is where the internet connection is. And I don't know how it's too you're much not information. Looking in, you're not looking into the camera, Sean. The camera's up there. Oh. Sean leaned into <laughs> one of the laptops that was like menacing the laptop <laughs> that's not even actually where the uh, no, images. Yeah. I mean you're seeing like my dirty laundry and like my dresser. Like that – how how is that too much information? I know, right. Like you're not seeing like the hooker that I have in the bathroom. Well, that's why we didn't do the show in the bathroom. Right. Duh. No doy. So uh, anyway, sorry to um, sorry to get overly personal on you, Secret Ten, but um, that's just uh, another explanation of what exactly is uh, going on. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Um, what was in Sean's fridge during that music break? We went and, and looked in the fridge, and I just want to run through a couple of these things. It's um. There's not much food in there, Shawnee. First of all, like it's uh, – I guess it's you're a single guy. You live here alone. So is that part of it or do you just not eat at home very much? No. Actually, I need to go shopping. Um, but I try to – I generally just kind of buy uh, ingredients to like make a meal or two. And so you know, I generally try to get by on what I have. I'll make some sandwiches. I've got some things. So I don't sometimes have a lot because I just buy the few items that I need to like make a dish. All right. We've got some uh, clam chowder here that you're um, – your mom made. Oh, sh- oh, shoot. Okay, good. No, nothing Nothing is leaking. spilling. Nothing is okay, spilling. Sorry. Good. God, I just knocked over the whole tray of the contents of Sean's fridge. Yeah. You know what the problem was? It was balanced on top of the extra large remote. <laughs> it seriously was. It really was. That was the whole problem there. Sorry, Sean. Okay. No, you're good. That's all right. That's fine. I'm this glad is, nothing spilled. Live imaginary radio. Yeah. I know. That's uh, that jug of Kool-Aid. Is that what this is? What is this pink it's, stuff? Uh, crystal light. Actually, um, because you're uh, you're a woman in her forties, <laughs> and it's 1986. Of course, you're drinking Crystal Light, and I'm wearing my what is spree pants. Yes. Uh, so you've got some Crystal Light here. You've got some uh, clam chowder that your mom made. Um, what's the date on this? I don't know. It was frozen. Three. Oh, I see. So you just you thawed de- it out. I defrosted. Oh, I see. But she this is interesting. This is a red clam chowder. Yeah, it's like uh, New Eng- uh, Manhattan. Oh, okay. Um, you've got some chicken franks. Here, Foster Farms Chicken Franks. Um, uh, now, do you prefer chicken, or is it just because these were also on clearance? They were on clearance, and that's what I bought for the TBTL Mariners event and put oh, in the beans. Oh, my God. You scandalous. I still need to get that receipt from you. I will give you those receipts. Um, uh, yeah. I see. So, so I generally don't eat shitty Franks, um, but uh, for TBTL, I <laughs> buy shitty too, Franks. Nothing's too good for our listeners. <laughs> that was maybe part of why. That wasn't the most popular dish at the Mariner event because it was made with chicken franks. You know what you I know, Sean? Listen, I don't want to get. I don't want. I'm not going to let my anger t- carry me away here. But you know, it was called pork and beans. 
<laughs> and I mean, literally, there are two ingredients, pork and beans, and one of the ingredients wasn't the thing it's supposed to be. I put chicken, yeah, chicken pork. Chicken. I, I know, but like, but like, that is such a simple recipe, pork and beans, and honestly- a long tradition. And one of the things wasn't the thing it was supposed to be. I but can't I was believe trying, it. I was trying to save you money, Luke. Okay. You know, you put up for this food. I'm like, 99 cents for a pack of eight? All right. Well, your intentions were good. By the way, you know what I did with the leftover uh, frankenbeans or chicken and beans? What? Uh, so I, I ended up going to, to Shorty's and having a few drinks, and I didn't want the whole frankenbeans stinking up my car, so... I just kind of left it outside of my vehicle on the street. Bum chum. I've kind of come up with that term on my own. Bum chum. And so I, I, le- I left the uh, Franks and beans on the, on, on the street. And some guy was like, hey, you forgot your – and I'm like, it's cool. That was it? You, in the container or was it in a temporary in – In that giant uh, turkey, you know, the giant uh, – Oh, I see. It was aluminum. The, like The aluminum Aluminum container. foil thingy. Yeah. I left it, and the one thing that I didn't want to forget the entire day was my spoon because my parents gave me that spoon uh, in, a, in a set, and I left it as I when I left it on the street. I left the spoon in there, so the bums got the spoon and the beans and the pork. Well, um, do you know? Did you when you left? Was was it actually had it been consumed? Uh, no, I I left it near Shorty's down on Second, somewhere in Belltown, just on the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, on the street next to my car, and I drove away. You know, there you could the argument could be made that was littering. Well, but I'm I'm also helping the uh, the the community. Maybe, although I kind of no like Meals on Wheels. It. Was that? But I thought you said no homeless ate it because it's still there. Oh well, I, I don't know if they had eaten it or not. I haven't gone back to check, but I I think a person would have to be pretty homeless <laughs> to be just like walking down the street and see just like a random trough of something, and which, by the way. Purports to be pork and beans, but is in fact chicken and beans. <laughs> I think that that person would have to be pretty, pretty messed up to see that and be like, let me get on that. Well, that's the Dottori Meals on Wheels. <laughs> Bum chum. That's <laughs> great. Bum chum, indeed. Just great. Uh, and then we've also got here some um, a buttload of frozen ham. You have a lot of Kirkland extra lean ham that is frozen. Uh, yeah. you, what do you do with this? Uh, you hear that? That's the sound. Oh, let, me, let me mic that. That's a big old brick of a Kirkland Signature Brand Extra yeah. Lean Frozen Ham being put down on a tray. That's, thank you again to my mom and dad, who I've learned that my mom listens to this show pretty religiously. No way. And she knows all about my stuff. Whoa. She knows everything about me. Wow. Which I've been trying to keep secret for the past 33 years. Oh, my gosh, dude. That's a huge revelation. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's actually it's nice. You're of, okay with it? I'm, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, she's like, Sean, so I heard about, you know, your yeast or whatever. No way. Did she hear about your yeast infection? Well, she was she was telling me, I know about that one thing. I was like, oh, the yeast thing? She's like, no, but the other thing. But yeah, I know about the yeast too. Oh my gosh. I was gosh. like, wow, that's kind of embarrassing. You, this is why you can't let your parents have an internet connection. My mom was actually talking about Facebook and how she's not on it. And I'm like, it's probably probably for the best. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to really be on the Facebook. So your parents gave you this extra lean ham? Yeah, I've got like five packs of that in the freezer. What do you do with that? <laughs> uh, I let it freeze. No, but then what do you do later? Oh, you make a sandwich I, with it? 
yeah, you know, when I'm ready for some ham, uh, I'll defrost it. And I, it sucks because, like, I don't go through it very quickly because I'm just one dude. Yeah. And so, you know, I've got, like, five of those in the freezer. And so, you know, ex- expiration dates are, like, a year ago or something. But, you know, if you keep it frozen, it, it keeps it fresh. So even if you defrost it, you can eat it, you know, within a good couple of weeks. Well, you can't go wrong with discount meat. <laughs> I mean, that's what I... <laughs> That's how I was raised. <laughs> you can't overpay for meat. No. That's, that's, uh, that's what I've learned. Actually, it's funny. Yesterday, we, uh, we were barbecuing, and uh, I went to Safeway, and they had, like, ground beef that was on sale because it was, you know, it, well, the guy was like, he saw me looking at the ground beef at the Safeway worker, and he was like, hey, you know, we've got some that I just put out. It's half off. And part of me was like, don't buy discount ground beef. But then part of me was like, it is half off. Yeah. And uh, I'm not even going to eat this. I'm going to have some of the fish. So, like, who cares? <laughs> it's not my problem. And then uh, I was uh, reaching for it, and then the guy said, yeah. I said, is this still good? He goes, yeah, it's not brown yet. <laughs> he goes, it's still red. That's a good sign. But then just him saying that made me not want to buy it. Yeah. Because I was like, that's this guy's standard. He's I've, a meat worker at Safeway, and his standard is it's not brown yet. I've eaten meat when it's brown. Like, I've cooked it up because I figure if you heat it up and you cook it to a perfect temperature, it's fine. Oof. I don't know about that. No. Um, did you do that with the chicken and beans? Because that I've gotten some reports of people not feeling well. No, no, that's all up, up to uh, on the bar. up. It's yeah. all on the up and up. Yeah. Okay, ladies. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. Well, they seem so surprised that Sean's apartment is nice. <laughs> that Jen said you're you love to collect things yet your house is tidy <laughs> but he says that's just because she told him to put away the certain things that, and he did he put everything in the the closet and I was <laughs> thinking about that wasn't there there was an episode of friends where you know Monica the oh. famously <laughs> anal one had that secret closet that was locked that was just like the junk closet Right. And I was one, I have sort of one of those. Does everybody have one? I have a garage. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we have like a shed. Just put it in there. Yeah, so Sean has that space too where he can just cram everything when he knows that somebody's coming over. I love Jen's advice that made beds and closed closets and cupboards make your house look neat. I, I totally agree. agree. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, they talk about bed making all the time on TBTL and how it just kind of ties your life together. And it's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Not that Sean's bed can actually be made. Right. Really. He has no sheets, <laughs> a blanket, and the mattress is on the floor. That's what we learned. And they're laying on it together. <laughs> <laughs> I love see. I love thinking about that. Um, and so Sean's apartment is like and we we just recently heard another show outside of that when they did the newest cooking with Sean and I love that his neighbors just pop by I love this neighbor I just want her to be my friend when she's like JC Penney's <laughs> yeah. like I love her and I just feel like um if you grew up in Seattle in this area Singles was like a huge movie in the 90s. And I just felt like I just knew that I was going to move into a complex just like that. And all my best friends were just going to be my neighbors and we're going to eat at each other's house. And I feel like that's what Sean's apartment is like. 
Like one step up from a commune? Yes, but private areas. Right. <laughs> Do you think he is in the same apartment as he was yes. when this aired? Okay. So I wonder whatever happened to the sex neighbor. I wonder what happened to the sex neighbor. I need to know what happened to the neighbor that was mad at him. Yeah. Because it's been a while. I mean, usually people, you know, stay in an apartment for a year or two and then move on. But Sean's, you know, stayed the course and um, he's the constant at this apartment building. Yeah. (laughs) They should have like a little um, sitcom about him. Oh, for Sean's sure. apartment. Oh, That's yeah. a, not a bad idea. Yeah. If the walls could talk there. Remember, we also learned, I, I don't think it's in this episode, but another episode that there's murder stains on the floor <laughs> that chased a woman out. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Vaguely. That there was a big stain on the floor and a girl said what he had taken someone back to his apartment she's like what is that he goes oh yeah that was already here (laughs) (laughs) and then she left quickly after (laughs) but um him playing music at three or or four o'clock in the morning that's (sighs) he's the worst neighbor right yes because i feel like he wouldn't do it now right he wouldn't do it now yeah well probably not and Hopefully. he did admit that he was a little bit loaded. Right. And he had just when- moved in there because he used to live, I think, in a house with a couple roommates. So that's a very different living situation hmm. than True. a small apartment complex. Yeah. But it must be difficult working nights. I mean, he would start work at, what, seven o'clock at night? That has to be difficult because you're opposite of everyone else. So he's wanting to watch TV and hang out with people and three or four o'clock in the morning isn't unreasonable. Yeah. And when you've been drinking, everything seems like a lot of fun and everybody should be having this much fun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to realize, oh yeah, there are people that have to get up in a few hours and get on with their days and it's a weeknight, you know, I mean, on the weekend Mm -hmm. would be one thing, (laughs) but on a weeknight, it just seems like, wow, that was not very self-aware. No. Mm -hmm. And I love it because Luke said, well, were you listening to that uh, electronic music? And he said, yes. But then we switched into, what did he say? Steely uh, Dan or one of his other. Yeah. Like Crosby. (laughs) Oh, Crosby. Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love that Sean curates hangouts. He's like, this is the time where we're going to be listening to electronic and then we're going to like take it to a slow jam and everything is like perfectly curated. And it's even more impressive because he didn't have an iPod. This isn't a playlist he's doing. These are records. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's- that's pretty, pretty impressive. So this is what I'm talking about. Like Luke and Jen are giving him a lot of, um, you know, friendly advice about how to deal with this because they see it as like he screwed up, but they're like very gentle about it. They're not saying, you know, you're a big dummy for doing it this way and you're going to get kicked out and nobody's going to like you. And I don't know. They just are very gentle in their, um, you know, reprimand and giving him advice. And I just, 
I find it so, I don't know, comforting or charming or something. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I want to skip to when they go to Sean's refrigerator. So they take a little, um, they take a little road trip into the, into the next room to the kitchen where they, uh, discuss what Sean has in his refrigerator. Um, and what was your favorite thing? Well, the discussion about the clearance chicken franks <laughs> has got to rank pretty high. And I was like, oh, my God, the more things change, the more they stay the same, because Sean still does not know what sausage is made of. <laughs> right. It's an innocent problem that he had. Yes. I mean, he's supposed to make a dish called pork and beans. So he gets chicken. <laughs> Okay, and I went to this event. It was at before the Mariners game, and they, it was when Luke was a sponsor for F- Ford Fiesta. Oh yeah, do you guys remember this? Yes. And so they were outside of the of the stadium with a Ford Fiesta and a pinata, and just this big silver giant like catering size thing of pork and beans. Well, chicken, we, chicken, yes, and beans. as we now know, <laughs> it was such a disaster in true TBTL fashion. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I do remember that now. The Ford Fiesta <laughs> thing was so confusing. <laughs> because I think it was was it TBTL that was the sponsor, or Luke specifically? I don't know. Just one day he starts talking about Ford Fiestas, and nobody wants a. Ford Fiesta, so right. especially because he famously had an Audi, right? right. And then all of a sudden, Ford Fiesta is the best car you can get. Yeah, that was like not very believable at all. No. <laughs> um, I asked him if he was doing it because they were going to give Addie a car because it was right about the time she was sixteen, and he's like, "Hell no, I wouldn't give her a nice car like this." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the frozen ham. I buy that same ham. I knew exactly what he was talking about. And you do have to put some of it in the freezer because, you know, it's Costco sized ham. And when he was. Is it a full ham? No, it's like sliced ham. Um, it's not like the high quality ham, but look, it's what my kids will eat. Mm-hmm. And I can totally visualize the the ham being thunked against whatever, I don't know. He was in his bedroom. So God knows where he was hitting it. And, uh, I just had a, I, yeah, I, but it was nice as parents buy him food. That's so so nice. Um, my favorite was the crystal light in which Luke said, are you a woman in your forties in the (laughs) eighties? So funny and true. Um, also speaking of, of uh, Sean's parents is that they told him that they listened to the show. That has to be terrifying, especially for Sean. Well, he's so open. He's confessed a lot of stuff on that show. Yes, he certainly <laughs> has. Not all of it particularly flattering. <laughs> no. Hardly well, any of it flattering. Well, that's what's nice about Sean is he's never one to be like too cool for school mm-hmm. or... Oh, yeah to really care what people think, at least, you know, on the, on the surface, it doesn't seem like he does. And I appreciate that because sure. we're all, you know, we've all got our faults 
And to have someone so open about it is, I don't know, it's pretty relatable. Yeah. He's very open and honest, which is very refreshing for sure. Um, let's see. Next week. So as part of the episode, um, Jen tells a hilarious story of <laughs> hiking in Moab. <laughs> and I have to say, I agree with her. Hikes are the worst. I, I think we knew already that if Jen was a cat, she would not be an outdoor cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why she lets herself be talked into this. I mean, she loves Jason and Jason wants to go on a hike. So mm-hmm. Jen mans up, so to speak, and, and goes for a hike. But I really doubt the choice of skinny jeans. <laughs> Yeah, everything was a bad choice. I um I remember the picture, but I wish I could find it. I remember that picture too because I felt so bad for her. <laughs> if she, only she'd worn different shoes, if only she'd mm-hmm. worn different pants. You know, and then the description of like competing with the little European children to get to the top. <laughs> I mean, I've so been there. It's like I'm doing this already, but I don't want to like look like, you know, a fool because mm-hmm. I'm the last one up the hill, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so hilarious. Saying they've been smoking and drinking their whole lives and they're still <laughs> beating me. <laughs> I've, I've definitely been there where you end up wearing the wrong thing or the wrong shoes for the situation. I usually, it usually ends up that I'm, walking when I didn't know I was going to like Jeremy will just say oh I know we're right next to Green Lake let's walk around Green Lake eight times mm. that's a different than I'm driving up to Mohab knowing I'm going to, <laughs> going to have to hike <laughs> but I love it well this was that time period when Jen was doing all sorts of unfortunate things like I was looking back around this time period when she was in Taos and somebody mm-hmm. threw a hamburger at her as she was walking mm-hmm. down the road. And it was really upsetting. And, um, you know, this long, strange road trip that they were on put her in all sorts of uncomfortable positions. Right. And you think, how great. I would have done that in a second. I would love to go on the Great American Road Trip. Yeah, yeah, but not if it there's people throwing good. hamburgers at you. That sounds pretty <laughs> awful. Well, then remember they ended up getting what was the name of the um, trailer? Oh, Bambi. Oh, the Bambi, the little Bambi. Yeah, the Bambi. Did they name it something else? Um, I thought they had a different name for it. But anyways, I mean, remember they ended up getting rid of the Bambi halfway through the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. They sold it because it couldn't go through the cities. It it just didn't work for what they were wanting let's see what else is there um the we have an icp update (laughs) in which tila tequila was the um mc or the main act for the um what is it called oh the gathering gathering of the jungles right yeah And, as, um, yeah, okay. as Luke and Andrew like to say, who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? <laughs> right. And where is she now? She used to be on everything, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I went to her Wikipedia page. Yes. Um, it's unclear. Last year she was on Celebrity Big Brother. It may have been the Celebrity Big Brother in England. And mm. it said that she endorses Donald Trump for president. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's where she is in life. Mm-hmm. Well, she clearly um, has PTSD from the whole experience at the for gathering. Sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I, I love when, um, they said that what is the Venn diagram of Tila Tequila and ICP? It's nothing. <laughs> Doesn't exist. I mean, unless and, it's people on the lookout for a train wreck. Right, right. And um, she claimed that people were throwing feces at her. And Jen declared no one ever actually throws poo. I I kind of think that someone would. I don't know. At the gathering, sure. I I bet someone did at the gathering. Yeah. Or is a poo mud mix. If you're that drunk and you're on that many drugs, poo doesn't matter. Okay. I think that's correct. Yeah. Because Sean was saying that he, he was amazed by people who would pick up poo. And I thought, yeah, who would pick up poo? But I guess when you add the drugs and alcohol, it doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah. And I mean, you've seen pictures of like those outdoor festivals, like Woodstock and Coachella. Things get crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Lord of the Flies after a day, and you add some hard drugs in there. Well, and just the juggalo mentality. Right. I, I don't know. I could see it. I I bet the poo started being flung within like two seconds. Too. <laughs> As soon as they got in, they're like, this is it. Everyone take off your clothes and throw some poo. <laughs> I have to say, I don't even really know who Tila Tequila is. I, I'm i not saying that to brag. I just mm-hmm. am only aware of her name vaguely. Was she dating The Rock or somebody? I don't know. I think she was one of those famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. She you knew how to use social media before it became a thing. And then, I mean, she was big on MySpace, if that says anything. Oh, wow. Yes. She's a a model, actress, singer, quote unquote, personality. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know that she actually has any talent other than um, finding the spotlight. Yeah. Wow. And she's an easy target for poop, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I bet her real name is not Tila Tequila. Oh, it's not. I, <laughs> okay. I thought, but I don't remember what it is. It's like Jan Smith or something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also we get a an email from Bruce and Lake Stevens. And I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because his family this week relocated to Alabama and just wanted to say, I hope you made uh, your journey safe. And we miss you already. Yay, Bruce. Okay. Was there anything else we can think about? Oh, one thing that I wanted to highlight from the very beginning when they were in Sean's apartment and talking about the scene and he was, oh, there's the giant pencil and there's the universal remote that's really (laughs) big. And Sean noted that he really likes things that are bigger than they should be. And mm-hmm. I thought that is the exact reverse of Andrew because Andrew talks about he how he loves things that are Tiny really small. Things. 
Oh, whoa. That is really weird. And so that was just a, a funny juxtaposition. <laughs> and Luke likes things that are normal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the three bears, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, we wanted to discuss uh, Bum Chum. Oh, man. Okay. So, so yes. Sean put out the leftover Franks and Beans. More probably because he couldn't take them into Safeco Field with him. But he left them out for people that were in need of food. Like and on he, the street yes, next on the to street. the car. Yeah. And he calls that bum chum. <laughs> and, and Naomi made an observation that that would never happen in Andrew days. No. Naomi, when you... You sent us the message that, that warned us that there were a couple of terms in this clip, including that one, and my brain took it to a completely different place. <laughs> oh, no. What did you think it was? Well, I thought it was some sort of homosexual thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I wish that's what it was. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I'm still laughing. I know I shouldn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, that would not ha- happen now in Andrew's time. I feel like it would get cut out. Probably. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Although it does come, it's, it's Sean. So it comes from yep. a place of love. Mm-hmm. He's supplying people with food who had asked him what, what he was going to do with it. So the guy was obviously hungry. Mm-hmm. And so Sean probably and because he has a name has a term for it it means that he probably does it often which is very sweet mm-hmm. and we all know how sean feels about wordplay right. and puns and so this is sort yeah. of a natural occurrence of his love of words but i like to think that it is about um sexy time now yeah <laughs> I think we have a new term to use around the Hilliard household. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I also today is Tuesday. We're recording on August 23rd and it is Sean's birthday. So happy Aww. birthday to Sean. Happy oh birthday, Sean. Yeah. Wow. It's but, not the big four. Oh, is it? No. I, he's a little bit younger than that. Yeah. I think he's probably 39 today Mm. oh wow okay i thought he was even younger why would i think that Hmm. (laughs) because he is a youthful spirit yes that's right um so my question is would you ever use this term not in the sexual way but um in the way that sean intended in everyday conversation never no yeah me neither Um, yeah, I just don't like the word bum anyways. <laughs> so that's where I have the hang up about it. Yeah, it's not very respectful. Mm-mm. Okay, does anyone have anything else? <sighs> I'm mm. good. No. Okay. All right, so I'll do some housekeeping. Um you can archive, please. As I told Anne that I was very excited about today, I have assigned through the first week of June. Oh, no, second week of June of 2016. So it's getting close. That's great. That would be awesome. 
Um, you can still buy stickers on littlewordbandwagon.com. And if you do a slash Amazon to that same link, you can buy stuff on Amazon and we get a couple pennies. And soon we'll start where we read off the craziest, funniest, weirdest thing that someone bought on Amazon that week. Um, if you want to be on the show like Naomi did, you go to our website and you fill out the form and we'll have you on. And then don't forget the picnic is August 31st and bring whatever you want or be a rule follower. And then, then I don't know (laughs) what you're supposed to bring. (laughs) But Naomi called the Fresca. Yes. Nobody else do that. No one else bring Fresca. It's covered. (laughs) I think someone spoke about, um, about bringing ice. So that's covered too. Okay. Yeah. What more do you need? That's it. Fresca nice. I'm set. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Get involved with the show. As Christine mentioned, you can go to our website where you'll find the Amazon portal and the form to fill out to be on the show. That's littleredbandwagon.com. You can check out our Facebook page or you can find us hanging around the Stens page. Our Twitter is at LRB podcast and you can always email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Christy checks that regularly. Mm-hmm. You can leave us a voicemail, 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Naomi, um, what's your social media presence? Do you want to plug your Twitter or your website or both? It's like the Sunday morning experience at everything. Facebook, Twitter, my website, everywhere. Not Sunday morning experience, but the Sunday right. experience. Don't make the mistake. Right. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes too, so people can click on there right away. Thank yeah, you. and everybody check out Naomi's podcast. It it deserves at least one checkout, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's great even if you don't watch the show because I've listened and I don't watch the show. Oh, it's perfect. It's like the Cliff's Notes. Yeah, I like it. Um, Naomi, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a great clip. You're a great guest. Thank you. Well, I'll she's meet a you podcast at the professional. Oh, true. She's a professional. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't come meet me at the picnic, I will be very mad at you forever. Okay. I will <laughs> make sure and do it. Okay. Well, until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it.